Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. Appreciate all the positive feedback on the show. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you're using to listen. On today's show, I'm excited to be joined by a great friend for many years, Don LeFebvre, Head of Corporate Affairs for Robotic Research. Uh, welcome to the show, Don. It's great to have you on. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. I'm excited to talk to you about uh, about the work you're doing at Robotic Research, uh, about the driver shortage and supply chain issues. I want to be sure we touch on autonomous vehicles as, as well as the future of CDL drivers. And of course, we'll answer a question submitted by a listener during our Deeper Dive segment. Uh, does that work for you? Works for me. Now, before we uh, get into all that, I am I'm curious. You know, you've been in industry for for close to a decade. Uh, when we first met, you were the uh, president and CEO of CVTA, Commercial Vehicle Training Association. Uh, you're based outside of DC. You've been lobbying for improving the trucking industry for many years. You're now with Robotic Research. Can you share a little bit about Robotic Research and what you're doing there to make a difference in the industry? Yeah, happy to. Uh, let me tell you about Robotic Research. We're a company that was founded, an autonomy company that was founded uh, nearly 20 years ago. Um, at that time, uh, there was only really one uh, really industry that was interested in uh, autonomy, which is uh, the Defense Department. So we've been uh, 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 delivering autonomous systems for the government uh, for nearly 20 years. Uh, about six or seven years ago, we got into the commercial space. We're in trucking, bus, uh, shuttles, uh, yard trucks, um, and, and other segments. Uh, really, in terms of uh, helping the industry. I mean, autonomous technology has a, a, a real benefit from safety. Um, it, it has the potential to greatly reduce uh, the number of crashes each year, uh, but also potentially one day eliminate them altogether. So it's a real, it's a technology that I believe in, uh, a technology that ultimately will save, uh, you know, lives and, uh, and reduce damage. Well, it couldn't come at a, at, a, at a sooner time, right, with uh, nuclear verdicts being what they are. I saw uh, recently a billion-dollar uh, nuclear verdict uh, decision, and it's just that's just insane. So, you know, I think from a safety perspective, that sort of technology, as it continues to evolve, I think uh, can do wonders. Now, b- before we get into – before we even go down that path, just – I do want to talk about the current supply chain issue because that's something that you can't you can't turn on the news, you can't read an article about trucking and not hear supply chain. It's like the buzzword now of the last you know month or so. Um, obviously, the lack of drivers is is an important part of that problem. Uh, what else? What are the main causes uh, of the shortage, in, in your opinion? Yeah, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of issues. Um, obviously, COVID. Uh, you know, I hate to blame everything on COVID, but um, I, I, you know, when I first got into the industry, I was always keen of saying um, trucking doesn't really know where their workforce comes from, and to some extent, that's that's largely true, um, uh, because a lot of carriers uh, generally didn't hire entry level drivers. There, it was, you know, typically reduced to you know maybe a uh, hundred, uh, two hundred major companies that would hire entry level drivers. So what, during COVID, I mean, at one point we had 27 DMVs that were shut down. Uh, and if you can't get a license, you can't really train because you can't have students training uh, with the inability to get a license. So it really had a bad impact 
Um, and it, what it showed was for a duration of anywhere between, you know, really two to, in some cases, four months in the States, uh, those DMVs being down really impacted. And you're seeing kind of the ripple effects of that. There's also other issues that kind of, uh, it, it's not one major issue. It's more like death by a thousand paper cuts. There, there's also an issue with CDL testing that's been uh, prominent in the industry. Uh, some states uh, just, you know, don't have enough supply for the demand of tests. Um, and then there's there's other issues, like we've seen a rise in e-commerce, right? The supply chains have shifted. So rather, um, you know, everybody, because of COVID, now expects that, uh, you know, that Walmart or Amazon package to be delivered in a day. Um, and that's only increasing. Um, and COVID probably sped up that process, but you've got more freight and more motion in the system. And when you have more freight and motion in the system, you're going to need more drivers to move that freight. Um, and when you, when you add that into other things like drug and alcohol clearinghouse, which have, you know, taken out, I think 80,000 drivers up to this point, um, that's a lot. And, and then you, you know, they're just like other areas of our economy, uh, workforces in short supply, uh, you know, generally, right? So I, I think you you saw a lot of drivers probably retire. Some drivers switch jobs and say, I can drive local or I can do food delivery to, to home as opposed to being over the road. And I think we're feeling all those, uh, those effects today. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. I know you, we were talking recently, uh, you just came back. Uh, from a huge worldwide event, right? Uh, I think you said over like 13,000 people from all over the world uh, were in Hamburg, Germany, the ITS World Congress, ITS uh, Intelligent Transport Systems. Uh, can you tell me what that event was about and maybe share some of the top takeaways from that event? Yeah, happy to. Um, it was a great event. Um, it was uh, really focused on, I- ITS focus on, uh, focuses on the, really the, the IT telecommunications, the, the smart transportation systems um, for auto and uh, commercial vehicle. So major conference. Um, and and the, the top takeaways, this year's uh, uh, event was really focused on mobility. Uh, it was focused a lot on climate change, a lot on electric vehicles and, um, and uh, uh, ADAS and autonomous vehicles. So uh, great event. I think what my, my takeaways uh, from it were really that uh, the technology technology is just it, dr- drastically uh, speeding up, right? And transportation um, is now becoming more akin to an iPhone than it is uh, something that moves just people. Um, and the, the other thing I, I took away from it was um, just the, the level of commitment of safety in the industry, both auto and commercial motor vehicle. Um, and, you know, people, you know, using that technology to improve safety, uh, efficiency. Um, but it, it, it obviously, um, you know, this, this industry is really changing, uh, before our eyes and, you know, I think in the next two to three years, it's going to look drastically different. Well, we're evolving quickly. That's, that's obvious. And, um, you know, you talk about safety and that being such an important you know, part of this. Uh, it's interesting to see or hear the convergence of it's not just 
it, it's not just autonomous technology, but you said because of climate change, even you know EV, you know electric vehicles, and that, that, that that's an interesting convergence. I hadn't really thought of that before. I kind of think of those as as separate things, but uh, that's something that was that was talked about uh, considerably. What would you say? What's the goal of autonomous technology in the trucking sector? You obviously you talked about safety, uh, labor cost. Is that an issue or just the shortage? What are what are other some of the other factors? I guess what's what's driving that technology? I, I think they're actually interconnected, um, and, and I'll give you one example. Um, you know, we've uh, integrated um, on EV platforms and on on diesel platforms. Uh, increasingly, all the uh, platforms that we are, are seeing and and customers are requesting. Uh, at least in the bus space, or, or let's say, you know, electric vehicle. Um, it, it used to be EV, and then there was AV. Now I'm increasingly hearing more and more about the two interconnected. And I think, um, just to give you one example, uh, you know, autonomous technology is here. Um, and there are great ways, not only for safety, but also for efficiency, um, of improving the way that, uh, you know, a bus or a truck uh, can operate in a yard. And autonomy, even with a driver, still makes financial sense um, just because of the reduced accidents, the, um, you know, again, the, the efficiency of uh, having repeatable tasks. Um, so I think what, what most people would take away is that, yeah, it is for safety. There is some, especially now given the driver shortage, there, there, there you know, the, the discussion of, um, you know, autonomous uh, making sense more now than ever is certainly starting to uh, to pop up. But I, I think it's, um, I, I want to make clear that it's actually, it makes sense even with a driver. Um, and uh, that's something that most people may be shocked about. Well, and, I'll, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that in a second. I, it, it seems like there's a, a lot of pressure, though, uh, to find a way to to relieve this, the ever-increasing driver shortage, you know, through the use of technology, it seems like that pressure is picking up. And, and, and I guess, is that because the economy is still strong, that demand, the labor shortage is a thing? Uh, do you get that sense? Was that, aside from uh, the discussion about climate change, do you, do you get the sense that there is this added pressure? Who's going to be maybe first to really pave the way uh, into, you know, autonomous technology? Or it seems to be just a lot of pressure as a result of the labor issues. Yeah, that, I, I think that's part of it. I will say um, what, what I'm starting to see, it, and, and it's it's good to kind of help educate, um, you know, some of your viewers who may not be as familiar with the autonomous industry. Uh, most people think of an autonomous vehicle that will go out there and it can do and operate in any sort of uh, environment. Um, really, it's there, there are probably about four or five major oper, uh, environments. For example, highway would be one environment or an ODD, as we call it uh, in the industry, where, where you would see autonomous technology. But that same highway truck typically would not operate in a first or last mile uh, setting. Um, you know, yard operation or yard operations in general may be another uh, uh, environment or ODD. Uh, we, we have a particular uh, expertise in, in off-road autonomy, uh, which is yet another ODD. Uh, so I, I think, you know, most people kind of think as an autonomous vehicle is like, oh, it can go out there and just operate anywhere, anytime. Um, uh, 
some of the major uh, uh, trucking uh, uh, autonomy companies are really focused just on the highway. We, however, as a company, have made the strategic decision to focus on a number of use cases to really build that 360-degree autonomy, to really give um, users that flexibility to use it across environments, uh, whether it be uh, on-road or off-road, uh, in a yard, or in a city or, or first last mile uh, setting. So you and I uh, are both founding uh, founding board members of the Next Generation in Trucking Association, right? It's uh, an association focused on educating and training high school students uh, about the incredible career opportunities in the trucking industry. Uh, is, there any, is there any conflict between the inevitability of autonomous technology in trucking especially and, and a sustainable workforce? It seems to be a theme throughout this conversation, but I mean, I really think that, um, is that a, is that a, what are your thoughts? Is there any conflict there? No, I, I don't think so. And I think one of the, um, and, and I'll give you just from our own experience um, and, and talking a little bit about our technology, um, we do platooning, okay? Uh, we've, we've, we do this for the, the military. In fact, we're the largest um, uh, uh autonomous driving system provider uh, to the largest autonomous fleet in the world, which is the U.S. Army right now. Uh, that may change in a few years, but uh, currently we've got more trucks uh, with our technology than any other commercial providers. Um, what pl platooning uh, is, it's really, and when we say platooning, this isn't driver in, in, let's say, if there's a three-truck platoon or convoy, um, it, it's not a driver necessarily in each one of those. That was kind of the traditional um, uh, model that was developed uh, some years ago. Uh, but really, we view it as a driver leader with uh, with two drone followers, let's say. Um, and you, you will get advantages of uh, and labor savings from that or, or driver utilization. Now, earlier, I, I kind of spoke to the rise of e-commerce and more motion and, and freight in the system. I think in the short and medium term, platooning makes a lot of sense. Um, I think uh, what's also important for viewers to understand is even if a driver ultimately is driver out or out of the cab, it doesn't mean that a driver won't be or a human won't be involved in the process. They're, you're always going to have to have humans uh, involved in the process because there's things that humans do very well in their, uh, you know, decision making. And then there are things that, uh, you know, machines do very well. Um, but sometimes, you know, uh, the um, uh, uh, autonomous system will see something. It's not quite sure what it should do. Well, that's where a human can kind of step in and say, OK, here's what you actually want to do. Um, so you kind of get the efficiencies of both and the, and the best safety from both. Um, so I, I think, you know, uh, I don't think that there's necessarily, necessarily a conflict. I think that it's more about how do we utilize drivers better and in what capacity. Sometimes, you know, think of what the uh, uh, re retention would be if somebody could stay at home every single night. Uh, I think it would be quite high. Well, and, and I think that, that, that dovetails perfectly into the deeper dive question. This is where we take a question from a listener seeking expert advice. You know, I had a conversation with Jim Mullen from Too Simple a few months ago, and uh, it was interesting to hear his thoughts on, on the future of the CDL driver. So I'll ask you the same deeper dive question that I posed to him. And it is, 
How can I convince potential drivers that their jobs won't be eliminated soon with autonomous vehicles? I think the reality is you're, you're going to have deployments starting uh, 2022, 2023, uh, really starting to see autonomy take hold probably 2026 or 2027, more on a mass scale. I, um, th- there simply are certain types of loads or uh, routes or positions within the industry uh, where drivers um, are, really are drivers second, but they could be salesmen first, let's say. Uh, you know, I've talked to, talked to some friends in the flatbed industry and I said, would you ever take a, a driver out? And they say, no. Uh, because somebody's got to secure the rigs and uh, and strap them down. So I I I think that um, it makes sense in in certain areas uh, for sure. Uh, autonomy makes a ton of sense. Um, I think that, however, there are some positions where you're always going to have a driver. Now they may be driving; they may be more of a passenger, um, and that may be that's you know very likely the best scenario from a safety perspective. But it doesn't replace what the human's going to be doing. And again, as I mentioned, you're always going to, even if you are a driver, full driver out, you're still going to have somebody uh, in more of a teleoperation uh, capacity. So I would say it, you may start your, your career as a, uh, as a driver, but be prepared to potentially, you know, uh, become a remote driver at some future point. When you say remote driver, that, that, um, brings to mind uh, another conversation that I've had in the past where um, the, the the trucks were completely remote, remote control operated from some other environment, some other, you know, I've, I'm not hearing as much about that, but I just think that's fascinating in that, to your point, there is this evolution. You, The driver as it exists today will still be around, sounds like, for a long time, but but as technology evolves, that role will evolve along with it. And that me maybe there's a lot that's still to be determined from that, but not elimination is ultimately what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I well, I, we have enough elimination each year due to driver retirements, right? But now we're throwing arguably more freight in the system, and how are you going to make up that difference, right? Um, I, 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 I'll tell you, I think you know you're really kind of hitting at the at the core of this issue. I don't think, um, you know, pure autonomy right out of the gate, it's, it really is going to make the most sense. I think platooning makes the most sense in the short and and near term, uh, or short, excuse me, short to medium term. Uh, Because frankly, whether it's from a regulatory perspective, you know, who's going to put out the cones, right? Who's going to talk to the police officer? There's a lot of things that, that need to go in. Um, you know, to this equation and and get ironed out. Those aren't ironed out completely. And for that reason, I think you want somebody in uh, the chain, uh, you know, uh, which is having a driver, let's say, in the lead vehicle. Um, there's also practical things. Like if, you, if you've got a, uh, you know, uh, autonomous truck on the highway and there's a bad wreck and it has to move over, right? Well, what happens if it wasn't, you know, exactly programmed to do that, um, or if a work zone were to, to get stood up on a Tuesday, but the map hadn't been updated, there there's going to be issues like that um, that need to be overcome. And, and look, there's smart people uh, working at a lot of good companies that that no doubt will will figure out a solution. 
I'm not sure that all of that has been uh, ironed out yet. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm bullish on uh, platooning. I, I have no doubt that the, the level four, what we call SAE level four driver out uh, uh, autonomy uh, makes sense in certain uh, uh, capacities. But I just, I think that there's more that needs to be done and more that needs to be looked at over the next few years. Well, I mentioned, uh, you know, our relation with uh, next generation in trucking, you know, as on the board there. And we obviously understand the importance of attracting newer and younger entrants into the industry. Um, what are your thoughts? Kind of last question. Uh, what are your thoughts on newer, you know, will this technology as it continues to evolve, attract those newer entrants that, that the industry so desperately needs? Absolutely. I think it will. Um, I think it will. I think it, um, I, it, you know, I, I think that, um, first off, I think that, um, you know, as a board member like you, I, I'm supportive of 18 year olds. Um, I think they're, you know, provided that there are certain parameters around that, right? Uh, we've got the technology. There's no reason why, um, especially with like entry level driver training coming in, um, you know, in effect in February 22, 2022. That's going to be the same standard, whether it's interstate or interstate. So you got uniform training. That's a great thing. Um, and I, I think with the the uh, add better, I think with, by adding technology onto that, there's no reason why these men and women can't drive. Um, you know, they're allowed to by their states or at least 49 of them. Uh, so I, I do think it will help attract people uh, to the industry. It's a great industry. It will remain a great industry. Uh, it may go undergo change and likely will. Um, I believe it will. Uh, so I, you know, I'm bullish on the future of this industry. I'm bullish on uh, 18 year olds, and I, I think that you know this technology will enable us to all have uh, safer roads. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, Don. Really appreciate you joining us. Uh, appreciate your passion for the industry and your insight. Look forward to seeing you in person soon. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jeremy. Appreciate being here. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming uh, Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you listen. Until next time, thank you for Taking the Higher Road.